You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, Dan and Mike here. Uh, so we just recorded our 100th episode of Islanders Anxiety, and uh, we thought it would be fun to repost the first episode of Islanders Anxiety with, uh, you know, kind of an intro between the two of us, uh, you know, talking about how we've, how far we've come, and uh, you know what what we found funny about that first episode. Going back and listening to it, uh, it has been out of circulation for quite a while. Uh, we've changed uh, hosts a, a number of times throughout the the hundred episodes, so you can't actually listen to it anymore. So this is kind of a way to to get back uh, and and take a look at that. Uh, and we we both went and listened to it, and I gotta tell you, it's it's kind of funny. It, it sounds very much like uh, the way we sound now. Only now our sound quality is a hell of a lot better. Uh, but, uh, it is funny that we just, we were doing then what we're doing now, which is just trading off ideas and trading off, uh, anxieties and worries and kind of, you know, piggybacking off of what each other is saying. And, uh, in that case, it was a lot of anxiety related to the move to Barclays Center, which was where they were at that point. The Islanders hadn't actually moved in yet. And that's kind of, the, that was a big focus of the episode, which I thought was kind of funny. And, uh, as you just pointed out before we came on here that, uh, that that episode was so long ago that they've actually, you know, are building another arena to get out of Barclays Center. So it's kind of an interesting uh, era to have uh, covered in a podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the things that struck me is that back then we we talked about Barclays. We're like, this is it. Like, look, this is where the team is. You got to get to got to just come to grips with it. The Islanders now play in Brooklyn. They play in Barclays. They're going to play here forever. Uh, and we talked about it and and try. I mean. I really tried to convince myself that like I was going to be okay and love it. And um, obviously that wasn't the case. So it is, it's, it's really interesting to go back to listen to that and uh, being like, how, how sure, like, I was like, this is it. Like <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to embrace the, the Brooklyn, you know, element to this team. This is a, this Brooklyn, Brooklyn is still on long Island. I must've said that 6 million times <laughs> in my life to myself to help me sleep at night. Um, and a hundred episodes later, I look back and I'm just like, oh, thank God <laughs> that, yeah. that, that I was wrong and I was so wrong on that. Like, because that place was, you know, as as there are, there there are some good things about going to a game there, uh, you know, logistically for people and um, you know, there's some there are some good elements to it. But you know, it's just it's to to think to listen to that episode. The thing that I really took back is like, you know, I'm just so thankful that this team is kind of the direction it's heading with being back at the Coliseum now and then going to Belmont. I mean, it's easy to be like, oh, they were never going to stay there now. But I mean, we we, bur- we bur- were and a lot of people were and are just sick to death of the whole <laughs> arena shuffle. Uh, and, you know, 
when Charles Wong said that that arena lease with Barclays was ironclad, we we believed him. And it turns out that that ironclad wasn't quite as iron as uh, as we all thought. Um, and, you know, it's funny, too, because <laughs> I think uh, my favorite one of my favorite things about it was that uh, we already didn't like Brett Yormark. Like that was we I, I was reminded of the whole um, <laughs> the, the whole uh, uh, goal horn thing. And then the uh, you know, the jerseys and, and how I had written something that it was like, Brett you're pushing this way too hard. And then to, to fast forward to last year <laughs> when you had your run in with him and he's not there anymore. He's off running something else. Now I just found that too. I just started laughing. Like I'm listening to it. I'm like, oh, man, I completely forgot that this came up in the first episode. Yeah. What, we guy. were, we were never, we were never, um, you know, into the, the corporatization, I guess, of the Islanders or I, I, I don't, really know the best way to say it and he was the figurehead of it uh and we i think we could take credit for for getting him out and chasing him you know from 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 <laughs> top of the show uh yeah they're, they're, and it's funny that we just immediately latched on to him right. um and <laughs> he just became the figurehead which is uh which is great and, and another thing too like i just remember thinking the, like the way i feel about barry trotz now is kind of i could was the way i felt about Tavares back then um just like how is this guy here like how is he ours like all that kind of stuff and and it's basically and i think like you know one of the things that has made that that made that whole saga not hurt as bad as obviously having shots is like all right like i could john Tavares is is one of the world's best hockey players and we lost that and we lost it in a terrible terrible way and and we he didn't give to us back like the way we felt to him and he we basically I don't want, uh, you know, we don't need to dig into it as much, but like we took, we, we put in so much into him and he knew it and he recognized it and he still didn't, you know, basically acknowledge it in the, in the right way. And to have him leave and then basically to take all of that emotional baggage and then throw it onto this guy who doesn't even play, <laughs> he's just a coach, <laughs> and to have him like kind of actually, actually absorb it and, and understand what it is and what it means like that hurt that, that we felt and like to take it and like make the best of it like that's another thing like i've noticed is like we talk we did we talked about john Tavares the way we t- now talk about barry trotz mm. yeah he didn't come up as much in that first episode i was i was kind of yeah. surprised I, I think at that point the whole free agency saga was was way way too far off you know i mean it was three years off like we didn't really think about mm-hmm. it we were focused more on uh, on Barclays Center, uh, we also were focused on Thomas Hickey appreciation, which again was a recurring <laughs> theme uh, throughout the next uh, four seasons, and also uh, Brian Strait, who I again I did not realize was gonna, came up that much, but uh, he was. We just kind of went off on him, and and you know again it reminded me of the days when he was the the team's primary whipping boy, and far far and away my favorite line of the whole thing. Now at the time. I didn't. I don't even know if I gave it a, a title. I think the title on the on the website might have just been like, "Oh, we have a podcast now." But had I been able to go back and give it a title, the title definitely would have been a line that you said, as always, which is uh, we were talking about how Brian Strait is sort of like the team boogeyman, and uh, we compared him to Chucky or Freddy Krueger, and you you said he's like if Freddy Krueger threw passes into shin pads. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, that's that's him. That's that's basically yeah. what he is. Instead of knifing people with his Razor fingers. He just throws pucks at people's shin pads <laughs> when he's trying to make a pass. So uh, it was the good old days, but also the bad old days because I just remember I felt so bad. And we said he's. I'm sure Brian Strait's a lovely guy, but boy, at that time, man, he was he was public enemy number one for what really should be. And that was the other thing too that caught me. I totally forgot was that you know, the Islanders were coming off a really really good season, final season at the Coliseum, yep. had a great playoff series against Barry Trotz and the Capitals, and and you know had had the world really at their fingertips and then the next season did you know the impossible and won a playoff round but there was an awful lot of it felt like a real struggle <laughs> at times that season so oh. yeah I, I, it's it was a uh, thomas it's crazy to think now like we we're just saying like from going from before we we flipped on the record that we've now covered yeah we traversed leaving the or getting to barclays and now to the quote unquote like beginning of the Belmont era, the groundbreaking or whatever. And yeah, we also, you know, Thomas Hickey is, is one of the players that has, he's, you know, obviously he's not on the active roster right now, but there's not that many players left from, 
the team that we yeah, talked about in episode point, one. Yeah. yeah, you know, and he's one of them. And um, he's, it, it, I mean, obviously, we brought, I think you even said this a couple months ago or maybe last year, like the Josh Hosang kind of turned into Brian Strait and the, like that we talked about him so much, like every episode. And, and you, you forget back then, like just, just how much, <laughs> how much this guy just like hovered over the fan base. Yeah. Uh, and, and just to, to kick off, I guess it kind of set the tone for the, the type of show this would be. This wasn't going to be a look like here, here's what the, the Islanders should trade this guy or move this guy. This was the show that like, this was the type of show where we're like, yeah, we're terrified that Brian Strait is playing 16 minutes a game. And <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we talked about that too. And like Jack, Jack Capuano's propensity for playing everybody a lot of minutes, you know, I mean, the fourth line got a lot of minutes, Brian Strait yep. got a lot of minutes. So, uh, yeah, that, that was definitely a thing. Um, we talked about, we laughed about butchisms and, uh, butch's butchering of, uh, of different names again, something that, uh, has come up a couple more times, although, uh, not, not as often. I mean, we love butch, but, uh, uh, he 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 does uh, he hasn't gotten away from that. That's sort of his call mark, his uh, hallmark, his call mark. I almost made a butchism myself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other thing I found funny was that you you were uh, right off the bat. Your hatred of the preseason was right up yeah. front, and that was like a this is like a running gag now for like five years. Yeah, I I, I remember I, I touched on this I think too. Is like I remember just going to preseason games. Uh, you know, when I was in high school and beating. And seriously, just sitting there thinking, like, I am not rooting for anything except for everybody to get out of this yep. game, okay? And my friends would be there and just be like, "What the hell are you doing?" I was <laughs> like, "I'm like, I'm just happy that look that that Mike Sillinger just got out of that shift alive because he just took a <laughs> he just took a huge hit. Like, he's okay. Yeah. He's very important to this team." <laughs> yeah, and and as always, and again, I think four four or five straight years now we've brought up the the evil uh, preseason uh, of Oposo and Mark Strait. Uh, Mark yes. Strait. To, and one guy's retired and one guy is playing someplace else and that, that will always haunt us. And we, we talked extensively about that. So, uh, no, it, it's a cool listen. Uh, again, you know, we, as I just said at the end of the last episode, you know, we, we wouldn't be here if we didn't like it. And, and this is a time, I mean, you and I barely knew each other. <laughs> we had met like, you know, twice or maybe once before that. And the, but you were more than anybody like, Hey, I, I want to do this. Like if you're doing a podcast, I want in. And I was like, well, so, so do I. So why don't we just, you and I just get together and do this. And you know, there's a, an age difference of the two of us between, I, I think like 15 years. Right. I mean, it's, it's pretty substantial. And, uh, but it's just, this is just so much fun to talk and, and we go, we're just such on the same wavelength. I just, I like that we never, you know, we don't raise our voices. We don't really get mad about stuff. We don't like argue. <laughs> It's just it, it's just an easy kind of therapy session for Islanders fans who are constantly worrying about their team. And, yeah, I, I think it's that's the right way to put it, right? You, you you need to reschedule an appointment with a therapist or a doctor or something. You just you know call and text or something. That's kind of how we plan the show. We're like, you know, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when I, you know when when I had to deal with Jimmy and it, like I was just like, listen, I can't do this tonight, and and you were just like, that's fine. Like and, and that's that's basically it. Like you know, very rarely we'll, we'll you know we'll talk sometimes about. Hey, like we want to cover this tonight or make sure that, you know, you know, I want to talk about you know, the Belmont groundbreaking or something. But most of the time it's just like, all right, like the Islanders won three games. The Islanders lost, or lost six in a row. Like, let's just <laughs> see where it goes. And, and yeah. usually, usually it goes somewhere to the mid 2000s and maybe the early 90s. <laughs> and it usually it, ends at some obscure Islander that yeah. only we remember, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, do you have uh, a favorite episode? Uh, you know, we talked about the first one. Is is there an episode or two that like sticks out in your mind as like that was really a lot of fun and we had a good time doing mm-hmm. that? Yeah, so I, I have two, and they're f- for two very different reasons. <laughs> the, um, I I wish I could you know look at the name of it, but uh, I don't want to slow down. But it was it was right after the Islanders last year. They kind of hit a little bit of a rut, and I remember Carrie Haber like being like, "Oh God, like you know the stats look bad. It looks like this team is finally." coming back down to earth like everybody at the athletic and everybody at tsn <laughs> said was going to happen it was in i think last march early march um or i don't you know maybe mid-march whatever it was they uh right after they beat the winnipeg jets then they came back in that crazy game where uh Anders lee tackled everly and robin leonard was like going nuts after they won and barry trotz was like had a look of like how the hell did that just happen? Like maybe there is something special going on here. Like there was just it was like the six minute span, and then just being able to like take that and then and talk about how great that that game was. Uh, I think that was that was my favorite kind of um, 
regular episode or or you know in season and then now kind of looking back on it I, was, I think that the episode right after you know 20 minutes after John Tavares signed with the Maple Leafs is one of my favorites to think about to, to listen like I'll go back and listen to it sometimes and just be like man like that's what rock bottom sounded like for <laughs> for a team that's had mil- billions of them. And, and it's just good to go back and listen to you know that and, and know that like there is kind of you know not to get too sentimental but like there was a kind of a silver lining at the end or a light at the end of the tunnel with the way things ended up going and you know i i don't i, I mean i don't miss him anymore and, and it's nice to just know that that episode exists and, and if i ever get really upset like if the islanders something bad happens i can go listen to that and be like you know what i think it's going to be okay like and look look at the way the team is now and i'm kind of happy that if that guy really wasn't if he really truly didn't understand what this team is all about and like you know he wrote that stupid players tribune and stuff like just knowing now knowing how it ended up that has become one of my favorite uh therapy sessions <laughs> yeah that I'm, it helped it helped a lot yeah and I, I it helped a lot of other people too i think that's my favorite thing about it was you know the the episode itself is is pretty ragged like we've gone back and listened to it a couple of times and it's it's very raw like we didn't i don't did almost no editing we did that like you said it was about 20 minutes after the whole thing went down we we're you got you texted me like let's just get this over with. <laughs> and I was like okay let's do it. And uh, it was a Sunday afternoon and it was just very raw and the emotions are very raw. But I think a lot of people were raw at that time. And and I've heard from more people about that episode saying it was very cathartic and and they they welcomed that you know us sort of laying ourselves out there after this really exhausting, demoralizing, depressing two year slog through it. I think that's what it really was was like all that time spent and all the energy spent just all finally coming out at once. And I, I think that was, uh, yeah, you know, it really resonated with a lot of people and it makes you feel good that, you know, you put out this thing and, and people really took to it and they really enjoyed it. Uh, that was a, that was a cool one. Uh, my favorite title, as I've said many times is the concrete in the toilets. That one was from last year when we had, uh, <laughs> uh Mark Burner on, uh, to talk about the Belmont project. That's my favorite title easily, but I, my favorite episode is one. And again, we've had like different hostings sites and stuff like that. So not all these available, but, if you go back in our archives, the oldest on the, the website, the oldest one that's still available is an episode called uh, The Boys in the Back Room. And it was an episode that we did uh, when the the sort of break from Barclay Center just started to bubble up as a story. And, uh, you know, I, this was before, I think they were just flirting with Belmont at that time, uh, flirting with Willits Point. And then uh, Connecticut, the, the mayor of Hartford or the governor of Connecticut or something like that decided to swoop in and be like, well, you guys can play here. And I think that was a breaking point for the both of us. And we just like kind of launched into this whole thing. And again, like it it was a lot like the Tavares episode in the sense that we just, all of these years of just pent up anger and uh, just exhausting ordeal. And we just could not take it anymore. And we just went completely crazy. (laughs) And, and I remember that one, you know, again, we don't get mad too often and we didn't really get mad there either, but just the, the passion behind it, I remember being like, this was a really good one. And I think people really resonate with that one, too, because we're, we're all kind of sick of it. And as I've said a hundred times, too, Belmont can't happen soon enough. Like as soon as <laughs> once this is all done and we never need to talk about the boys in the back room anymore, I'll be really happy. And I think you'll really happy. So, uh, yeah, uh, please enjoy our first episode. Uh, I cleaned it up a little bit. The sound quality is a little bit better. Uh, it's a little bit out of sync. So. You might hear me laughing at something that Mike is still in the middle of saying. So it's, it's just, uh, you know, hopefully we've gotten a little bit better uh, about this since then. But uh, we hope you enjoy it. Uh, and any final uh, final things you want to say before the episode kicks in? No, I think like I think one other thing that we should touch, like you said, like this is like, uh, you know, we feed off each other. But I also like, we, you know, me and you, I think we both have we definitely have Venn diagrams that intersect, but we both have our, our, you know, friends who are Islander fans that, you know, maybe not know, don't know you personally and your friends maybe don't know me personally. So we're talking to people about Islanders, you know, constantly throughout. And, and I take so much of, of what the conversation of that I'm having throughout the week with those people. Um, and I'm like, you know what, you're right. Like, and, and I bring that, try to like, you know, bring that to the show. Cause I think as for, as for the most part, this fan base is we're on the same page. Like, we don't want much. Like we don't. We, we already know that we what we have is very like we're lucky to have a team in the suburbs. Like this is mm. not normal, and we get that. All we want is to kind of just you know 
have like a success. Like we don't need the glitz or the glamour. We just want this team to do well and win and keep us entertained so we can forget like about, you know, the rest of the shit, like what sports are all about. Right. And, and I, so I love to, you know, hear from people and then I'll be like, Oh, that's actually a great point. And then, you know, I'll bring it up with you and then we'll talk. And like, and, and then people reach out and be like, you know, just say, you know, thanks for, for doing that and shouting out. And, and I try to be as good as I can about remembering who said what and, and shouting it out. But uh, that's just the other thing. It's like I try so hard, or I try, or try my best to uh, to kind of reflect, you know, what I'm hearing from from, you know, the the rational and irrational Islander fans that are in my life. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is. I do that too. You know, you, you take conversations we have with people and and kind of remember it and bring it in. And I find myself now uh, remembering things I heard on other Islanders podcasts, which uh, by and large didn't exist when we started. <laughs> and now there's you know, fifty two dozen of them out there and. Uh, <laughs> You know, a lot of them are, are really, really great. So, uh, again, it feels good to kind of be part of this community and, and people, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we, we've said it a hundred times. Like there's the Islanders fan is out there and they're passionate and they want to hear stuff about their team and they don't they don't want to hear stuff about the same six NHL teams over and over again. They're tired of, especially if you're an Islanders fan in Canada or out in, in the Midwest or on the West Coast, like you don't get this kind of stuff. And so you gravitate to, to podcasts and I do it too. I mean, shit, I live in New Jersey and I can't, don't get any Islanders stuff here. So that's why I listen to Islanders podcasts and that's why we have an Islanders podcast and we write for an Islanders blog. So we want to share this with each other. And so it, we're, we're all big part of, part of a family. We don't always get along. Sometimes we disagree, but uh, you know, we all, we're all in the same boat, as we said at the end of that. Tavares episode. So we thank you so much for listening. We really, really appreciate it. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be here for a good long time. And there's going to be many, many, many more episodes after this. But uh, please enjoy this, uh, I guess, remastered version of our first episode. And uh, thanks for uh, making it 100 fun episodes with us. All right. Take care. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, a new podcast from Lighthouse Hockey, where Islanders fans divulge their worst fears and worries about the team, uh, because there are, are many and myriad. Uh, my name is Dan Saracini. I'm coming to you from a basement in New Jersey. Uh, joining me via Skype is my friend Michael Lipoff from Rockville Center. Is that correct? That is right. I'm here in Rockville Center, lovely Rockville Center, awaiting uh, a hurricane and, and awaiting impending doom from this, this season that's coming our way. That sounds about right. That's that's the attitude we like to have here. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, a little background on what we're doing here. Um, we at the blog have kicked around the idea of a podcast for quite some time. Never could get a bunch of, like, married dudes with kids and jobs and stuff in a room together. Um, but uh, back last year before the playoffs, uh, Mike and I collaborated on an article called Fear and Loathing in the Playoffs. We talked about all the stuff that was really worrying us uh, before the Islanders started the postseason that year, um, including uh, the Rangers winning a Stanley Cup, which didn't happen. The Islanders getting bounced in the first round, sadly did happen. Um, but the idea behind this is to do an audio version of that, because Islanders fans are 
like abused animals. They 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 cower from uh, other people. They uh, they run uh, into into the night to get away, and they can scratch you if they get a little too close. So it's sort of like therapy in a way, but it's a lot cheaper. Um, I mean, Mike, you agree, right? The Islander fan is a very damaged person, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm afraid of, of basically everything. I I hate right now. I'm cowering in a corner during the preseason because I just know. One of our Johns, our beloved Johns, is probably going to get hurt in the last seconds of the last game and ruin a whole season, I mean, which has happened to us with, you know, Oposo and Strite had had problems in the preseason. So oh, this dude, is... Don't even get me started with that. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> I, I the most that. frightening thing ever, the preseason. It really is. Anything anybody complains about, like a loss in the preseason or oh, performance, I'm like... Line combos. Oh, dude, I just want everybody healthy. And I'm like, was anybody else there in 2010? When the Islanders lost Strite and Oposo in yep. the same preseason, that season yeah. was t- and, and actually that that was the season that they fired Scott Gordon and, right and every, and it's just like I can't even imagine what that season was like. Anyway, but I, I agree with you. That is to me that is the scariest thing about this whole thing. Um, but um, yeah, so that's the idea. Is we're just going to talk about what what terrifies us, what scares us. Uh, it might help us. Uh, quell those those anxieties it might make them worse we don't know but in any event it'll be a little bit different than your average uh hockey podcast so we begin um already there's things to worry about thomas hickey uh, defenseman is on the shelf for uh, about a month he's got an upper body injury very mysterious uh but he's out which means either ryan pullock who's a rookie or brian Strait, who is uh an adventure and a half we're gonna talk about uh is gonna take his spot for a while and um, also, starting goalie Yaro Halak is day to day. Should be ready for the opener, but I mean, it's a goalie injury, which means that you know you're uh, praying to whatever god it is that you pray to that he comes out healthy. So, are one of those things worrying you, or is there something entirely different that's worrying? You? Yeah, the uh, the the Halak thing obviously is a concern, but I'm I'm kind of oddly at peace with it. I, I you know it's the beginning of the season. I'd hope. To God that you know Grice was going to play at least one of those games anyways in the opening weekend. So I'm hoping that maybe it costs us one game, maybe two games of our number one goalie uh, at most. Right, it's back to back. They have back to back games against the Blackhawks, which is just swell. Let me just tell you what that that's another <laughs> set of it's, it's an NHL conspiracy theory because yeah. uh, the Rangers play the Blackhawks <laughs> for the banner raiser and. Right. You know, we all know the road team always wins those games. Right. So the NHL was just spotting the Rangers two points right, o- right, right. off the bat. Basically. And Gary <laughs> Bettman talked about how this game was like basically a Barclays Center set up like almost like, you know, as this grand entrance to Barclays Center to play the, the Stanley Cup champs. And I'm like, I guess he really has a lot of faith that the Islanders are going to win that game because if they don't, <laughs> that, that big grand entrance is just a big old wet fart basically. Like, oh, yep. all right, thanks. But, um, but yeah, the Halak thing is really difficult. But the Hickey thing is really – I think a lot of people – and, and I, this is a real – I mean that's very general. But I really mean it because I believe lots of people both inside Islanders fans and outside Islanders fans don't really realize what Hickey really brings to the Islanders. <laughs> He's yep. pretty good. And his options – the options to replace him, not so much. Yeah, he is the you know someone I trust on the ice. I think there's you know especially coming from the really bad teams of six years ago to you know two years ago, uh, you couldn't find a guy on the ice to trust on the back end really, uh, except for maybe outside Strike. But Hickey now is is someone that I fully fully trusted, and 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 no matter what situation, whether he's being hounded by two guys uh, behind his own net or if he needs to make an outlet pass, I I trust him now. The replacement options, the, the whole idea of Ryan Pulak coming in is exciting. I wish it was under better circumstances if that's a, that is what happens. But then you got our old buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how long this this podcast is going to go along, go on, or how many episodes we're going to do. But I have a feeling that the name, the word Brian Strait, is going to appear very, very often. Because he is the number one cause of all Islanders. If the yeah. if Islanders fans had like a Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, or Chucky, or one of these guys, he would look like Brian Strait. He'd be, he had 
if Freddy Krueger would throw passes at shin pads <laughs> to leave the zone. That was his. Right. That was his weapon of choice. Right. Or for, yeah. For, or Freddy Krueger, like every time a kid ran past him, he would turn the other way instead <laughs> yeah. of towards the kid. So he would be slashing. You know, if a kid runs to his left, he would be slashing with his other hand the other way. That's the kind of the way Brian Strait plays. He's always doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. And, you know, you hate to pile on a guy. Like, I'm sure he's a very nice – he's the, the team's fantasy football coach. Oh, yeah. There. That's why they keep him around. Yeah, basically. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. He's got a great beard. And I'm sure they just – he's a Massachusetts guy. I'm sure he's a very nice man. But goddamn, Like, <laughs> it's, it's very, very hard to watch a team when he's out there. Because, uh, you know, another thing I don't know if people outside of Islanders fans realize, but – the Islanders aren't really about, you know, weighing playing time amongst different people. Like, you know, everybody gets a lot of playing time. Yeah. You know, that's why the fourth line is, you know, it's Don Cherry, the greatest fourth line ever. In <laughs> you know, those dudes are out there a lot. <laughs> they play space, spend a lot of time out there, and not, not a lot of teams do that. And so straight, it's not like he's just going to oh, – a straight. Yeah, straight. So, still, five <laughs> years later, you think I get it right. Um it's not like he's just going to play, ah, I mean, you know, what is he going to play? Five minutes? Six minutes? No. That dude is going to play literally between 16 and 25 minutes in a game. And it's crazy. It's crazy. It, it's insane. I, I, you, you're, I don't know how many times last year I'm saying third period, someone takes a penalty. All right. Please, dear God, let me see 55 and two come out. Please let me see them hop over the board. And then lo and behold, here comes that beard just skating, moseying towards the face-off circles, getting ready, lining up against right next to the other Sydney team's Crosby. best. Yeah, yeah Crosby's licking like, his chops. Right. He said, oh, you're the guy that uh, that hooked me a couple of years ago yeah. and cost your team the playoffs. I remember right. that. And, and this, Why that, are you still doing in this league? Yeah, right. Yeah, basically. And that, that – that, Worry that vision gets even worse in the playoffs, like like that game against Sidney Crosby, where he took that penalty, you know, in overtime. Was it? It was an overtime, right? yeah, and, yeah. and uh, you know, ended up costing the. I mean, I, I wouldn't say cost the Islanders series. But it cost us everything. We were, we were going to win the Stanley Cup that year. <laughs> I mean, I said a long time. I mean, in Brian Strait's defense, they didn't kill a penalty for six games. So yeah, I know. It, the, the chance that they were going to do it at that point was pretty low, but uh, you know, it certainly didn't help. But yeah, that's that's you know. I mean, we make enough about. I, I'm sick and tired of reading about it. To be honest with you, but the the fear is real. He is the fear. Yeah, he is. Keeps me up at night. Basically, and when Every you night. see him, yeah. Whether it's him. July sixth or February twelfth, <laughs> he's right. on my mind. Right, and I, I this whole off season, I thought for sure they were going to trade. Him. Like I was, <laughs> and and that's my thing. Like now we're a week before the season. And my idea of him being traded is not going to happen. And uh, I'm a little bit – I'm even more worried now than I was before that something's going to happen. And, you know, he's going to take over. And now the thing the thing that's good about this in a sense is that when Hickey comes back, I expect him to have the spot. To get his spot back. <laughs> but who knows? I mean, no, you don't. Right. Not with the, the, the way these, these, this team rolls. Right. You just never know. You never know. Um, and then uh, – so the other guy though, I mean maybe maybe we're both being unreasonably anxious about this because there's a chance that Ryan Pollock could be the guy – or Pulak. I'm not sure. I think it's Pulak. I've heard it Pulak. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. But I'll wait till, till I hear it on the broad, the radio broadcast to hear uh... – well, which, which I would be right careful way. with that. I was, yeah. Chris King, who does the Islanders radio, I love the guy to death, but he drives me crazy because he calls Tavares Tavares, like with, with a with a hard Z at the end. Yeah. Like, he's the only guy that does that. I don't know why it's Tavares. It's either Tavares, which I think is what John prefers, or Tavares, which is fine, but I never heard Tavares. And he's been calling him Tavares since 2009. And I just, you know, I don't know. It's very strange. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. So just add it to the list. I mean, at least at least he's trying. Like Butch Goring, you know, I'll never forget Butch Goring destroying Joe Pavelski yeah. in a game against the, the Sharks one time. Not like complaining about him, but just destroyed his name, literally pulverized it four different ways in the same replay. It was a funny – if I could ever catch a, get a, a replay of that, I got to put it on YouTube because it's the funniest thing ever. Yeah, it's always – I actually kind of appreciate that from Butch because I, I, I like – 
announcers that aren't <laughs> well, so that's polished and cut and dry. <laughs> that's sure. So I kind of like when you every time we're playing the Jets and Dustin Bufflin gets the puck, <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. I know. I, What's he going to call him this time? This is it's the not- regret most about the Nino Niederreiter trade because we we barely scratched the surface of what this <sighs> would have been capable of with Nino on the team. Really would have been something else, yeah. But um, oh my goodness! <laughs> but uh, you know, with Pullen, um, he might. You know, they, he's he really he's the reason really that they traded Griffin Reinhardt. Um, he had climbed his way up the ladder. Could be ready. Dude's twenty years old. First game in the NHL is going to be facing down the Stanley Cup champs in Barclays Center. <laughs> the first Islander game there. I mean, yep. I could see. I actually could see them giving him that. See them playing him in that game because you know they've played. I mean, Brock Nelson's first game was Game Six against the Penguins in the playoffs. So they do wacky stuff like that. Yeah. And I remember thinking, "Wow, that's pretty cool." And it actually, I actually felt good that they would make that sort of change. Um, you know, Brock didn't do much. Actually, what wasn't Anders Lee first game? Also, sort of like a weird, in a weird time. Yeah, um, he did. He had right. what was that? And it was, he had a weird start too. But I mean, and, then, and Trent Hunter, if you remember back when he, his first games, I believe were oh, yeah. weren't they playoff games against the team. Leafs? Yeah. So you know they do weird stuff like that. So I mean, we until we actually see a lineup a week from tomorrow. So we're talking about seven. Oh my God, interminable <laughs> days. Take forever. Of, Going back and forth over. Please don't play Brown Street. Please don't play. Until we know that lineup, until Arthur Staple <laughs> tweets out that lineup, it's going to be on pins and needles. So hopefully, Pullock is the guy. Yeah, and you know what? Too, I was thinking. You know, the they have now a week ahead of them before the last game, and you know, in, in Islander fan weeks, that's make <laughs> makes like seven or eight years, and it's the longest. I think the longest year, a week of People the whole year is this to, next to week coming up. And stop talking about nonsense now for like a month and a half. And it's like, I, I can't start the season in August. Oh, it's really terrible. Sorry. Like We have to talk about goal horns and third jerseys and Al Arbor dying. Like, I'm sorry to do that, but <laughs> it is the way it is. It's it's horrifying, man. It really is. And uh, I mean, I've, I've been invited to a couple preseason games this year, and, and Going back, you know, ten years. I think the last time I went to a preseason game um, was probably a two. T- uh, we had the, the jerseys with the orange and blue sleeves, so it was sometime during then when it was two different colors. That yeah. old horrible RBK Edge era. And I remember thinking to myself, Dylander scored, and I said to myself, "Okay, that was cool, but I just really just want to get out of here. Everybody to be okay. And the only thing I'm going to cheer is at the end of the game." All right, our best players are, you know, nobody's hunched over like skating right. to the bench, and we're out of here. So, I'm gonna have to appeal, I guess, or write a letter to Bettman. No. I just don't understand these these guys don't need preseason yeah. games. I don't think. I really, you know, the, the your preseason game is the, yeah. the Columbus oh, I mean, Day matinee against the, the Jets. Preseason is like October 9th through April 15th. You know, it's like you've got all this time to get ready. The, yeah, the exactly. Only New York Jets game I've ever been to was a preseason game against Ricky Williams and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, that's how long ago that was. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I remember it was, you know, Ricky Williams and um, I think Chad Pennington was the quarterback. Or it may have been Tested Verde, I'm not sure. But um, that was – they only played one quarter. And then everybody left and it was literally a bunch of guys I've never heard of before or since. And that's sort of how the preseason is. Those are the dudes that are fighting for jobs. These are rookies, and kids that you know are probably going to go back to junior. Yep. Uh, but maybe not. And yeah, the you know I don't. They were complaining the other day that Sidney Crosby wasn't playing in that Hockeyville game, and it's like, dude, what is, what yeah. is this preseason going to teach Sidney Crosby? He doesn't know already. Let him sit out. So if if he want if they want him there signing autographs, that's one thing. But like, <laughs> that dude doesn't need to play. What the hell? No, exactly. And it's at almost asinine. Right. Just to even think about maybe if we can convince the Islanders just to sit out next preseason, right. the other 29 teams. I don't care, you know. I don't care if, if they all, you know, get bumps and bruises heading into the season. But maybe we can get the Islanders to kind of pull out. Right. Take a, well, we take a, they can take a vacation or something. You know, we were talking about it before, the, the 2010 preseason with Mark Streit and Kyle Posto, And they both got hurt in the same preseason. Which, if you're a fan of a team and has never experienced two of your team's better players getting hurt in the same preseason, please don't do it. Like, it's not an experience you want to have. Yeah. It's very bad. And and I'm not saying the team was like going to be good that year, but that was the year that Michael, Gra- you know, they got Michael Grabner and he was a rookie of the year candidate. 
and they fired Scott Gordon. And we will never know how that team would have been had Mark Streit played because he was the team's best player at that point. You know, I mean, Tavares was still coming along. Yep. And to lose a Poso who was, you know, I don't know, whatever, 21 at the time. is already, you know, probably two or three years into the league. Um, that was just, I mean, I've, I don't know if I remember a season being derailed in the preseason like that one. I mean, strike to go down. It's like off, oh, and and since then I've been yeah. horrified by preseasons ever since. Oh my god! And I just remember thinking then, you know, I have a really hard time with the the, the off season in general. And I said to myself, okay, now I got a fifteen month off season. Yeah, yeah it me. was it was pretty bad. And the, to, to end up as exciting as it was, you know, is sort of relieving. Like, oh well, that, that you know, it turned out to be a pretty exciting season. But uh, to this day, I wonder how you know if they had been fully healthy. I mean, for all we know, Scott Gordon could still be the coach right now, so I might have might not have worked out. The go the go go system <laughs> would have changed it was everything. Overspeed, overspeed, <laughs> overspeed. Over over oh, to me, more than any, you know, when people complain about, oh, this rebuild's been going on for so long, blah blah blah. To me, that season is the one that was like, oh, that really could have been that could have been a real jumping off point for them, and who knows where where it would have went after that. But yeah, that's. That's my recurring preseason nightmare is seeing Mark Strike. And the thing about Strike when he got hurt was that it was Matt Molson that like went into the, the corner with him during the yeah. scrimmage. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I love Matt Molson to death. Yep. This dude is not this isn't Chris Pronger we're talking about. Like he's not a big hitter or anything. And I, I don't even think he knew what happened. Strike didn't know what happened. It was but all of a sudden the dude's out for the entire season. They should have just <laughs> <laughs> Move the lockout up a couple of years and done it that year again. Season's I don't over know. the preseason, yeah. Lockout, yeah. let's call a lockout. Throw, throw, throw the lockout flag. <laughs> the Islanders are locking out. All right, so so that's that's pretty scary right now. Um, you know, hopefully again, once Arthur Staple tweets out the that line, hopefully we're in good shape. But you know, we, we could be looking at a month of straight, which would be very 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 bad. Uh, but like you said, a month you know, straight of straight. Luck. At least it, it gets it over with, uh, and you know. Yep. Yeah. I, I actually, like I said, it's kind of that. What's worrying me about the Halak injury is how I'm not <laughs> so, worried yeah. about uh, the Halak injury. We need to see how Grice uh, operates too before we can, you know, what when if Halak went down last year, I would have said, oh well, let's see how Chad Johnson does, and then a month later I would have been like, oh, this is really bad. Yarrow, please come <laughs> back. Um, so what's worrying me right now? Um, aside from that stuff that we just talked about, uh, our internet mobs. This is what's worrying me right now. Um, we just and just timely again. We just had an issue where uh, we had a, a goal horn that was tried out and liked by, I think nobody. I think I saw one or two people online say, "Yeah, it's kind of cool," but generally the the reaction was very very bad. <laughs> and they changed it. They went back to the old goal horn. Um, Brett Yormark. Said a couple of interesting things. Uh, then he said a couple of really dumb things about, hey, why don't you put your money where your mouth is and buy some season tickets? Not a good look, Brett, but I get what you're saying. Um, but I just feel like in terms of this move, I live with it. I mean, I'm, I'm older than you are. I remember reading stories about the Islanders needing a new Coliseum when I was in high school, which was like the early 90s, you know. And now they're moving and people are complaining still about, you know, the seats and, and the, the – the commute and all this stuff. And I'm just like, um, the time for alternate theories about where the Islanders can play is long over. We passed that point a long time ago and this is where they're playing now. And every time I, I, the Islanders play a game, my Twitter feed becomes like almost like a photo gallery of the worst seats in Barclays center and people going, Oh my God, what's going on? How can we do this? What are you going to do? I don't know what they're going to do. Like this is, this is, there were no alternatives. This is where they're going to play. And I almost feel like it's sort of like with Starbucks where, you know, how many times people post pictures. You go to Starbucks, you tell them your name, they write the wrong name on the cup, and then people post pictures of it. And now it's a known thing. You go to Starbucks, they're going to get your name wrong. I'm going to go there. I'm going to tell them my name is Dan. They're going to write Pam on the thing. I'm going to write, you know, take a picture of it, and it's going to be funny. I feel like it's to the point now where we're getting to a stage where people are just going to say, don't go to Barclays Center. It's going to be a bad time. Yeah, it's it. I'm I'm in the same school of thought with you. I think of that the same way about the, you know third jerseys and stuff that it's not. They're not taking John Tavares and move, and trading him. They're just wearing these black jerseys that are you know they are what they are. And don't if you don't them. like them, that's my theory. Don't buy it. Yeah. 
buy one and you know when the when the team's playing just try to imagine them wearing their orange and blue ones that you like so much but it's i, I i'm the same way as you with that too it's you know if they you have to just come to grips with the fact that this team is now playing in the trendiest neighborhood in in new york city and it's just they're they're not you know they're not at the coliseum anymore they lost that 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 part of them and they lost that part of their soul and what who who you can't nobody's going to be able to walk into Barclays Center and take these pictures and all of a sudden someone say oh right. yeah. wow they are right and yes. pick up a sh- shop and move you know <laughs> back east but the uh, yeah and I mean the Gohorn thing that I mean the Gohorn it just sounded annoying to me so I, that's that's the only thing that really bothered me I mean someone said it perfectly if you hear that thing seven right. times a night are you going to care. And and I love I love I love the whole I, foghorn. Yeah. I do. I really it's because it's right. it, it's it, it meant Islanders goal, right. and that's why I loved it. I'm sure if I heard it walking down the street tomorrow, right. Right. I would be really pissed off if it was if it didn't have that meaning behind it. So, I mean, it's the same thing as yeah. as that song "Live Is Life." I saw you talking about it the other day. I mean, that song now means so yeah. much to me. I think about Xenon Kanapka and Pa Parento and their little rabbit, it's, and I get happy every time I hear that song, which is usually by my own finger on I've YouTube. Ever heard but in a hockey game that made me laugh out loud, like it's the funniest thing, and I feel like yeah. it oh, was it's... annoying for opponents to hear it. This team was so bad. Yeah, you know, if, oh my if they God, started the best. it was already annoying, but here it's like, what is what is that song that's playing? That is so strange. Yeah, there's some Aust- Austrian prog- progressive weird, rock going on, and yeah, but it was it was it created you know what you're supposed to feel after a goal is is, is just cathartic release, and hearing that as you're just everything is coming right. off your shoulders right. became it, really kind it, of amazing. It's sort of like and you know, uh, it's your thing and it's strange, but you like it, you know, and it's so this rep- almost rebellious right. thing. It, yep. But uh, you know, I just I, I, it feels weird to like I don't I don't want to sound like a like a shill or like I'm sticking up for an inanimate building or something like that. But, you know, again, I, I don't see what else they, they could have possibly done. You know, I mean, the guy, they tried to get new arenas. They, they tried to build stuff and they couldn't. And they don't own the building. They don't own the land. And this was plan B. And, you know, as far as plan B go, plan B's, plans B, whatever, um, you know, it's okay. And, you know, are there, th- does that excuse the obstructed seats? Absolutely not. They really should fix them. Hopefully the team makes so much money and has so many people standing room only that they have to fix the seats uh, and they, you know, got to spend a couple, another billion or so to fix them. But, you know, I, I don't know if I can, I'm, I'm really worried that it's going to be an entire season of people taking pictures from the worst seats in the building. And that's what the Islanders become. And that's like, that becomes their identity is this team yep. that has this crappy building. And my answer, like, I just, I want to just, and these are people that, like, journalists and, and other bloggers that I respect and really like. And I just want to grab them all and be like, they couldn't do anything. This is all they got. <laughs> like, you know, there is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is, right. this isn't, this right. isn't Kansas City, they, man. They didn't this have is a fine. Choice. We'll do, like, we'll be all right. You know, they, they didn't tell somebody, I want you to go build yeah. a building where A, nobody can see the game. And B, is a place nobody wants to go to via train. Like, that's, nobody said that, you know. They would have, they tried to build a building, but. They didn't want it. The people who own the land didn't want it. So, I mean, that that's my worry is that, you know, the Islanders are going to be, you know, first or second place and have another 100 points and blah, blah, blah. And all anybody's going to say is, yeah, but the building sucks, so the hell with them. Like, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, and I hate that. <laughs> it's yeah, it's going to be an unnecessary distraction, especially when we have <laughs> yeah. plenty of them already. And so just heap it on. Although I was kind of ticked off with the way that uh, – Brett Yormark oh, yeah. kind of I ju- I, came off in just that, before we that went interview. on just now. That was- I wrote a whole thing. I wrote an article about. It. I transcribed the whole thing on my way home on the bus, which was not fun. Let me tell you, um, the guy next to me was probably like, "Who's this guy texting me for <laughs> an hour?" But um, yeah, I mean, he, he made a couple of good points, and then at the end, <laughs> he ends with this like pitch to buy season tickets, and it's like, now really, you're gonna right? Do this now? Yeah. Basically saying, like, oh, uh, we're the, this, it was kind of creepy for two reasons actually. One, him saying that they they were monitoring everybody and then they knew if they were season ticket holders or not, and then and then follows that up with if these people are pissed off about the goal yeah, horn, then the way to fix it strange. is to buy season tickets. And I, was, and I was just sitting there thinking, all right, you know, he's got to understand 
he keeps asking Islander fans to understand his mm. his plight, which we just you know went over. This isn't his fault that the Islanders are couldn't get something done to stay in in Uniondale. This isn't Brett Yormark's fault that he's trying to do the best that he can, and and <laughs> unfortunately, sports are a business, and he's trying to you know do his his job, but. He's also got to realize that if he's asking us to be sensitive to that, he's also got to be sensitive to the fact that, all right, this team is now got a little, you know, different skew on their identity, and it's going to take some getting used to. So if he makes a decision and it's bad, and he realizes that and takes something down, instead of attacking people for making, you know, him look bad, he can just say, you know, we're happy to listen to the fans. Yeah. Can't wait to see everybody on Friday night. Can't wait to see everybody's pictures from their <laughs> I, I horrible just, seats on like, Friday night. I mentioned this to our colleague Michael Wilhoff today on Twitter. Like, even when when the whole even before the goal the whole goal horn thing happened, I thought about asking like Nets fans or Nets bloggers or something like that what their move was like because I really feel like he your mark doesn't quite understand the hockey fan mentality. And like he was saying before that you know no. they have kept a lot of the traditions, and he's right they they have kept a lot of the traditions. Um, but you know they they added they try to do something different with this goal horn they try to do something with the jersey and uh, and you know people need to be a little more flexible and I, and I do feel that people do need to be a little more flexible but at the same time if you had done the research into hockey fans and the way they think you would know they are not flexible I mean I, I've I've said this a lot to people. Right. The complaining about the shootout is infinitely worse than the actual shootout is. It's the shootout we've had it for ten years. <laughs> Got to use it. I mean, now it's they're trying to minimize. Got us to the playoffs one year. <laughs> it did. It, yeah. It, I, I still, you know, I still, I don't like the shootout at all. But you know, I think of every time I kind of get pissed off with how oh, this game's going to be ended in a shootout. I just think about how excited I was that Easter, and I just <laughs> knew Victor Kozlov I mean, was going to score on Clemson. My thing is. The people that the I, teams that the people that really hate the shootout are the people without Franz Nielsen on their team. Because if you had Franz Nielsen on your team, you'd like the shootout. Right? Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> yeah, you just sit back and, and say, oh, you know, it's the coolest thing ever. Just to right. sit there and say, I cannot wait to see him do something <laughs> that I've seen him move. do eighty-five Every times. Time. But uh, I'm sure to yeah. But uh, yeah, so I just you know that's the thing. That's yeah. what hockey fans do. They, they complain about the change in any tradition, and. You know, I, I get his. I got a lot of his points that you know the the way a lot of Islanders fans went about it. They use some language that you know we should all be better than at some point. I got that, and also you know we 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 should try and be a little bit more flexible. The goal horn was pretty bad, and they really should have done a sort of introduced it in a better way, other than this one preseason game where it just sort of happened. Nobody knew about it. What happened if they had? Yeah. Like, what would have happened if the Caps had won that game three nothing? Like. Right, and and I kept thinking, I keep thinking, it sounds like they made a deal with the MPA, which yeah, is kind of like a almost sponsorship. So I don't know if there's maybe some money that's now going, <laughs> yeah, to one way or another. I, I, when yeah. when I saw that they were taking yeah. it down, I was like, <laughs> are like, tickets about know, to go up? Imagine the game one against Chicago, that thing happens. It's like, oh, what the hell is really? But uh, the other thing too, and I, and this I is what I just wrote about was that he keeps bringing up infusing Brooklyn in the team, putting parts of Brooklyn into the team. And the thing is, this is hockey. You can't force something if it's not there. And like I get they want to they wanted to right. make it like, you know, hey look, you guys are on the train. This is a train horn. Look at that. It's dude, we're not kids. Like we don't need to be pandered to Oh wait, that was that <laughs> thing know? we rode to the game? That's the yeah. sound it makes? I thought it was just know. like, you know, a giraffe, well, that's but it the doesn't funny make thing. It's like, well, it's, People were like, oh, it's a train horn. And then other people were like, no, it's a subway horn. They're different horns. So even that they got wrong. But uh, yeah, 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 the difference. You can't yeah, force it. It's and, just, and I, you know, I mean, uh, again, in the article, I make reference to the fisherman jersey. Like the idea of of making a jersey that pays reference to the, the great you know, history of the Baymen of Long Island, that's a great idea. And it was the worst thing that ever happened to anybody. <laughs> you know, it was the worst thing you could have done. But in, tr- in true Brooklyn fashion, yeah. they're they're bringing it back now. All of a sudden, those everyone's got those uh, fishermen yeah. like hoodie faded guy, sweatshirts and stuff. So I would that's infusing Brooklyn yeah, into like the team just by doing something like that. Something like that. If you want to infuse Brooklyn, by the way, <laughs> that fisherman logo. The only man on earth who makes that logo look good is Johnny Boychuk. He wore like a like a wool hat with that logo on, and I'm like, it looks good on him. Everybody uh, else, yeah. No, <laughs> that includes me. Yeah, it includes, does. 
Yes, he is. It, you know, he's a handsome he bloke like too. That, that doesn't hurt. It's just you know. at some point and is ready for it. So that the, you know, that's that's my worry again. Just the the mob of the internet. It's easy. To ju- the Islanders are an easy team to pile on. I mean, shoot, we do it all the time too. Um, but I just I hate the, the idea that their their accomplishments and this team that's that's pretty darn good is going to get you know railroaded by ba- pictures of bad seats. You know, it's going to be like screaming into the wind, like no, they're good. And everybody yells back at you, no, bad yep. seeds. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's kind of already started to happen. Yeah, it's scary. I don't uh, want it. And I, yeah, you know what's funny, too, is I heard someone, t- uh, this was not this year, but uh, when they played that one preseason game last year, and the guy who I was talking to was saying, yeah, it, it, it was a terrible night. You know, I, I, I don't think I'll go back next year at all. Uh, I don't want to go. And I was like, damn, what, you know, what was wrong? He said, oh, my seats were terrible. He goes, and I couldn't really just find a hot dog and a soda. And I said to him, you know, where, well, like, where'd you look? He's like, oh, I went to this place and that place. And there's like, those places just don't sound like they sell those. You probably could just keep walking and you'll, you'll you know, basically walk into one. And they, it, it's in that point it clicked like, all right, people are really going to look for everything my to, biggest gripe when to I make went, this really tough. That game last and, year with, um, uh, our other Mike, uh, Mike Levac, and uh, my biggest gripe was that I couldn't find ice cream anywhere. And we searched that place for the entire second intermission for just a Carvel or a cone or like a you know Nestle King cone or something like that. Could not find ice cream anywhere. We ended up getting this like frozen strawberry thing. And uh, I told people, I'm like, I thought the building was great, but I couldn't find ice cream anywhere. And when I go to these games, I gotta have some ice cream. That's <laughs> my thing. But uh, I'm sure we'll fix that at some point. So, did you ever have the the dip and dot oh, ice yeah. creams that they had at the they Coliseum? Yeah, they were great. You know, I don't, I had a tradition with them that I would mm-hmm. only eat ice cream at the Coliseum <laughs> when it was freezing cold outside. And I don't know why, but like for some reason, uh, in my head, I was always thinking, you know, you got to match. Like I thought, always thought the Coliseum right. kind of yeah. always matched the sky over it. It's always kind of dreary <laughs> yeah, and like that. gray. Yeah, and so that's good. I, I was I'm doing a fan my part. Of Dippin Dots, but I'm more of a fan of Dippin' Dots at baseball games because the nitrogen. I find the nitrogen balls melt slower in the sun. So, like <laughs> when you're at a hockey game, it's already cold outside, so you can enjoy your Carvel ice cream, you know, without having to worry about it melting. If you're at like you know a Mets game in August and it's freaking four hours long because you know nobody can get a hit or something, you want something that's going to last for a little while. So that's where the Dippin' Dots comes in. But that could be just my my made-up ice cream science, I think. I take my ice cream very seriously. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can tell. And, and, but it was always great. You know, when I remember when the Coliseum started to sell them. The Coliseum always acted like foods that were not mm. very cutting-edge, were cutting-edge. I don't know if you remember those, the video that they showed a couple years ago about like these new great foods they had. It was like nachos and churros and stuff. Ooh, and they made it sound like they it. just invented well, the churro. Knowing yeah. the Islanders, they probably never heard of churros, <laughs> never saw a churro, don't know what a churro is made out of because you know it doesn't come from your local Italian bakery. Um, so uh, I, I could see that, that being, you, know, you have to have like, an instructional video on what the churro is. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what it was. They're like, this is how you eat pulled pork. Yeah, right. Uh, that was (laughs) okay so move on to our uh, our (laughs) final segment here we want to end on a positive note this this whole podcast is about anxiety and worries and what's driving us crazy we're going to try and end on a positive note so we're going to do our best case scenario so what is your let's just say let's take the first three games of the season so we got the back-to-back against uh the blackhawks and then the tuesday columbus day game against winnipeg uh, who I went to a game against Winnipeg last year thinking it was going to be a cakewalk, and the Islanders ended up losing in excruciating fashion uh, it just before uh, overtime. So yep. uh, what would you? what is your best-case scenario? What would you like to see from this first three games of the season? Yeah, well, like we were saying, first step right now is get through these next seven days, put people in bubbles. I don't care where we had to send John Tavares and, and Mr. Boychuk and Mr. Letty and yeah. to send them somewhere where they're getting massages and just and having a good, nice, <laughs> relaxing time. I'll chip in wherever they want to go. If they want to go south somewhere, it's fine. Whatever it is. And then obviously, I think like I was saying before, I was like, I, the NHL's obviously put in a conspiracy theory to, to, to give the Rangers two points right off the bat by – letting them play the Blackhawks when they raise the banner because mm. we all know the road team always wins on banner raising night. So I'm a little, still a little ticked off at that. But 
I think that the best case scenario is that, you know, the Blackhawks come in, they're already 0-1, and the Islanders then take this energy in this new building and kind of ram it down their throats, but are very kind to Mr. Viznowski. No, they, they cut him. So he's out there. So Actually, we didn't wow. bring up. How about bringing him in to replace Hickey for a month? Um, it would just make me the happiest little guy ever. I, I, it's weird the effect that he's had on me more than I felt like he was on the team for 15 yes. years because of how enjoyable. And I remember that Jets game you were talking about. I was at that game. And the, the Jets tried to go up the boards to clear the puck, and Viznowski settled the puck, did a little twirl, and then to avoid a hit, I can't I think it was uh, Jim Slater or someone was r- rolling down on him, and he put a perfect drop pass to Grabowski mm. onside, and Grabowski scored a great goal. Uh, and, you know, those little plays, I'll miss him. But so now that he's not on not an opponent anymore, <laughs> best case scenario changes. The Islanders <laughs> tomorrow cut Brian straight, right. sign Lubo back. Uh, but I think I don't know. I, I have a feeling that the Islanders are, mm-hmm. are going to take the home and home. Actually, I, I'm, I'm I can get, personally guarantee they win in Chicago. I'm not. I bet you. I think they'll probably. Mm-hmm. They might just get a loser point at home the first night. I think home home ice advantage. Um, excuse me. Opening up a, a home big home game like that, like banner raising. Yeah. There's just unnecessary pressure, and it usually doesn't that, play into like the home NHL team's uh, advantage. I think it's kind of like a big deal. So. Yeah, yeah. That's just making me even. All right, so there's no chance we win that so game. So then, what about Columbus Day <laughs> matinee versus the Jets? I think, yeah. I mean, I think that that that's the game that the Islanders really have their first galvanizing performance. I'm gonna say it right now. They'll probably you'll see a couple goals from from John Tavares, and I think that maybe you know you could see a shutout from whoever's in goal that night, whether it's Grice or or Halak. But my best, I think the best case scenario is they come out of this weekend yeah. or that I, next I weekend, 2-0-1. probably right. Um, you got to figure that, I mean, even though it's early in the season, they probably neither team probably wants to go back-to-back. Uh, like you know, uh, the, we were saying before, uh, the Blackhawks actually have a game against the Rangers the night before they play the Islanders or whatever, two nights before they play the Islanders. So they will play, have played three games in, two, in four nights. So I don't know if they're going to want to you know, overwork uh, Corey Crawford already. So – Got to figure the Islanders probably win whatever game the backups play in. Um, I would think that that would be the second game in Chicago. I feel like, well, let's let's put it this way. The, I, to me, I feel like they could, you know, win or get you know three three out of possible four points uh, against the Blackhawks, um, and then you know I feel like they're probably going to drop that one to the Jets because it will be a matinee. It's at home. You know, maybe they're. Again, they got three out of a possible four points against the champs. They're all ready to go, and they show up, and then Andrew Ladd scores it's a flat. hat trick or something like that. <laughs> it's just yeah, he's. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm writing this piece right now of Viznowski and mentioning this that goal, and I was and during this whole article writing process, I'm just thinking to myself, has Andrew Ladd ever played against the Islanders yeah, and not like, scored? Like, you know, the Shane Doan game when he had those two goals. And it's like, uh, and they start going uh, into the whole yeah. thing behind his head. The hat trick and the whole thing. I'm just like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> there it goes. Yeah. So, um, Perfect. You know, I feel like that's that's probably what's going to happen. Um, I guess, my again, my best case scenario is he takes three out of a possible four points from the Blackhawks, who, you know, maybe are a little distracted. Maybe they're a little bit you know, caught on their heels again. They're, they got three, you know, three games and four nights against some, some pretty tough teams. So hopefully they can make some hay there um, before the inevitable. Uh, let down against the lesser, uh, you know, Western Conference team coming in at a matinee, um, but uh, but we'll see. So uh, yeah, so we both have some pretty high hopes for uh, some points, at least in those first couple of games, despite the presence of Brian Strait so, looming maybe, over maybe us. Brian Pullick impresses and so much in that first game that he just, you know, they they're gonna send him down after that. It's, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what'll happen if <laughs> hey, he does good, well. Good job, kid. Why don't you go down to Bridgeport and tell everybody about it? <laughs> God, yeah, Brian Strait on a matinee. I know. Anyway, all right. So that'll well, that'll do it for our first episode of uh, however many. Uh, we'll see uh, if we do it again. Hopefully, we can. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's again. We're trying to. Do, we've been trying to do this for a while. People keep asking about it. I don't know why. They want to hear our voices for some reason. Um, so, uh, Mike, tell everybody where they can find your work. Uh, yeah. So I'm basically uh, stationed at, at Lighthouse Hockey, and and you can follow me on Twitter at uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's and. Uh, Anywhere else? I mean, I usually just if if I pick up some work, uh, 
whether it be at the college or in a sports on earth, I just kind of just put it out there on Twitter. You can read my stuff at Lighthouse Hockey. You can follow me at Culture of Losing, uh, all one word, on Twitter. Um, our uh, Twitter handles are on top of whatever we write. Um, and that's about it. Our uh, theme song, which hopefully I didn't screw up and will actually attach to this recording at some point, is uh, actually it's called Sports by, by a group called The Losers. And you can find it at the freemusicarchive.org. Uh, and hopefully that's all I need to say uh, so we don't get sued. <laughs> We we what if we just compliment them each real quick and say wow this this band is great and I think then they'll be happy <laughs> and they awesome will never band. come after the us. This is great. They got a whole bunch of songs on there. This one's called <laughs> Sports and I look, I clicked it and I liked it. So there you go. It's a sports podcast. Okay, there you go. Uh, thanks for listening and we will see you. Who the hell knows? We'll figure it out. All right. Thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs>